What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. I still have not determined the the Patreon thing, so that's probably going to happen this summer, like in May, when I can breathe again, <laughs> as opposed to now. We are in season nine, eight. Nine? I don't know. It's okay. Um, but we are continuing with the Nancy Drew Files series, and today we are concluding 1987, that banger of a year, with Nancy Drew Files number 18, Circle of Evil, not Circle of Other Things. Anyway, um, so yeah, the cover of this one, I have to start with the cover of this one because it's like the fucking perfect summer book in that Nancy is sitting. She is wearing some cute little floral shorts they have like this pink like we're talking like intense barbie pink and also some blue flowers on them she is wearing an oversized pink t-shirt that looks like it's made out of some sort of stiff material she has her hair just blown back she looking very blonde on this thing and she has these dangling like oval blue earrings and she just looks very pensive and like she's waiting for Ned to get off work so that they can go somewhere for reasons. Um, in the middle ground, we have a guy with very dark hair who is wearing a River Heights Country Club t-shirt that honestly, like it would, it would be back in style now. And he's wearing like acid blown jeans <laughs> with some athletic sneakers with a little bit of red accent. He's got his hands in his pockets, so you know he's hiding things. In the background, we have Nancy coming down off a diving board, which is inaccurate because she's supposed to be wearing a yellow bathing suit for that scene, but it's okay. Also, Nancy Drew is in Barbie pink. We're just hanging out with some Barbie pink here and with some blue on it, too. So it just just screams summer. Oh, my God. She's wearing minimal makeup. She's just thinking real hard about Ned for reasons. This one is very much a summer book. Ned is home. Um, it's, it's all very summery and very just lounging by the pool waiting for shit to happen, which I mean, it does immediately. So the book opens with Nancy at a party and Ned leaning over to talk to her at a party. And you're like, the number one thing that I need to know, could Nancy and Ned have banged during this party? Yes, they 100% could have. Let's discuss. So this party is being held at the house of Joanna Tate. As you know, Nancy and her father are considered like upper middle class forever heights, which is kind of weird, but it's fine. Um, so they've got a nice house, but this house is a fucking mansion with wings, as one does. It's like a pad. It's just super fancy. Um, but Joanna's family is the type that just very jet setty. They go off to Europe for, you know, a few weeks, a month. And Joanna is roughly Nancy's age, which means that she's out of high school, not yet begun college, may not begin college because how can one when time never progresses? Ned has to stay there because time never progresses. Um, so Joanna invited Nancy over to a party that she's having at her parents' house while they are away, of course. Um, and it's Nancy looks around and she's like, we could feed like everybody in River Heights for an entire day off everything on this buffet table. So it's, it's a banger. Her parents are not home. So she's, of course, got a live band who is performing outside. That's how you know they're classy. That's how you know. We know like nothing about the decor of this place. So I love it. You can picture anything you want to. You can go minimalist, like white overstuffed everything. You can go like full on 
glossy brass fixtures on everything. You can go with some full-size David's Michelangelo, like all that, however you want to. You can just deck this out however you want to. Maybe there are dolls which are also dressed as witches in every single fucking room. It's up to you. So Joanna is described as short with brown frizzy hair. And I'm like, if she is loaded, she could get some stuff done. She could get some enhancing hair stuff. They could try some fancy waxes. It's fine. But apparently she is not into that. So Joanna is super talkative. And Nancy says that Joanna is very much into things, like things that she has and things that she's planning on getting. And she would be very boring as a conversational partner, except that she has a good sense of humor. And I'm like, I like that you're saying that because that is not actually reflected in the contents of the book. So Nancy was invited to the party. So she invited Ned and Bess and George. And of course, Bess is like, this party is banging. Also, I guess I will start my diet tomorrow. And the funny thing is that George is like, you don't need to diet. You just need to exercise a little bit more, which I guess that's a step in the right direction. I don't know. I mean, as I've argued before, you can make Bess the poster child of eating disorder or disordered eating, if you would so prefer, like super fucking easily. So they're all there at the party. Nancy and Ned gets to go outside and dance to like five dances. So you know that I'm here for this shit. You know I am. Um, Then they decide to get some food. So they go make some plates. Joanna is circulating through the party and she's like, hey, she's wearing a, of course, a cocktail dress. As one does when one is 18 and one's parents are away, you're going to rock a fucking cocktail dress. That or come out in full prom why not? So she comes downstairs and she's like, oh my God, y'all, my dad got me the best necklace and I love it. And technically he has not yet given it to me, but I've got to show it off. Oh my God. I'm just going to die if I cannot show it off. So Nancy's like, maybe don't do that. I'm just saying. And Joanna's like, no, no, I'll be right back. And so Nancy's like, of course. So she and Ned get their plates and drinks. They're heading outside to eat. Of course, somebody smashes into Nancy, so she gets covered in soda. She has to go find a bathroom, of course, because we need a reason for her to leave the main part of the party. She has to, she's looking for a bathroom, and she keeps going deeper and deeper into the house because, of course, all the nearby bathrooms are occupied. And, of course, this house like has, like, 14 bathrooms all of which are fixtured in solid gold. No, I don't know. Um, when she hears a scream, of course, you know, we have a, a number of chapters that we need some chapter ending shit to happen. So Nancy, as Nancy does, goes toward the scream and she locates Joanna who is in the library and she has opened up the wall safe and she has screamed because she has opened the box that the necklace is supposed to be in and the necklace is gone. Of course. I mean, duh. So Nancy says, okay, when did you last see it? And Joanna's like, three days ago. It, it was in here. It was in the box. And Nancy's like, okay, who has the combination to the safe? And Joanna's like, just me and my parents. And Nancy's like, okay, who knew about the safe? And Joanna's like, no one. I mean, maybe no one. I don't know. Nancy and Joanna met at the River Heights Country Club. And Joanna was talking freely with everyone. This is like the equivalent of her going on to every single fucking social media platform and being like, hey, my parents just got back from Europe and they bought me a banging necklace and here's a picture of it. It is valued at this many. Like she just, she just spread that shit. Everybody, everybody knows it. Everybody. So Nancy's like, okay, I heard you downstairs telling everybody at the party about this. So they knew about the necklace. And Joanna's like, nobody here would have done it. And Nancy's like, you know, 
I think you're right. She's like, these are all River Heights teenagers. They're here for a party. They don't have the skill set. They just don't have the skill set. You're like, Nancy probably does. And mm, I think you're right. But of course. So Nancy's like, we got to call the police. And Joanna, of course, like bursts into tears. She's like, my dad's going to find out that I told everybody about the necklace and it got stolen. And Nancy's like, yes. And Joanna's like, well, I mean, they're not going to be back for like a week or two. So like, Nancy, you're a detective. You'll find it. And Nancy's like, Joanna, like, um, uh, I don't even, I don't have any clues. And Joanna's like, you're going to do it though. You're fantastic. And Nancy's like, I mean, I am. <laughs> it even says in the book that she's like, I mean, I have solved some cases. Like she's not being immodest. It's just a statement of fact. Anyway, so they call the police and Nancy's like, oh, I have a fantastic working relationship with the local police. They know me. We, we get along great. And Joanna's like, fantastic. So you can just help them. It'll be great. So they get out there and the person who introduces himself is John Ryan, who, is that true? Holy shit. I think it is. Let me look at the front page. It is. It's John Ryan. Oh my God. Not Jack Ryan, because that would have been too on the nose. This Actually, this is roughly around the time of Tom Clancy. Anyway, so John Ryan arrives. He is a police detective. He's working with the River Heights Police Force. Nancy has never met him. So when he walks in, she's like, I mean, he's hot, but he also seems super grumpy. Like he just got in off a long flight. So she's like, hey, um, so I'm Nancy Drew, and I've worked with the River Heights Police Force several times. And he's like, you're 18. And she's like, C. <laughs> and he says, okay, so I'm the grown up here, so I will be handling the case. So you can just, you don't need to worry about it. We got this. And Nancy's like, but, and he's like, I don't care. Shut up. And Nancy's like, I, we've, we've never, are you new? And he's like, I've been working on other things. And he's just super grumpy. He's very much, if we were going to do with a grumpy sunshine thing, he would be that person. But Please rest assured, there is no unresolved sexual tension between the two of them. It's just like grudging respect by the end of this thing. Because you knew that's how this was going to play out. So he tells her to stay off the case. And she's like, clearly he doesn't know me because everyone knows that you can't tell me to stay away from a mystery. It's genetic, which again, previous book when she was like, I'm just here on vacation. And I was like, wow, why are you lying? <laughs> so of course. Joanna's like, but you'll work on it. You'll, you'll find my necklace. And Nancy's like, I'll do what I can. But like, I've basically been told that I can't officially be a part of the investigation. So, and Joanna's like, so they don't find any clues. The, um, the safe hasn't obviously been tampered with. So like, it looks very suspicious. And they have to talk to everybody at the party because, of course, it's like, well, somebody at the party. But no, it doesn't seem to be anybody at the party. So Nancy's best lead is the River Heights Country Club because she knows that Joanna's been talking about it there. Of course, Nancy is a member because her father is a lawyer. So, you know, she doesn't go that much because she is working on her detective work all the time. And you're like, of course she fucking is. Hello. So she decides to go the next day and hang out. And she invites Ned to go and hang out in the men's weight room so that he can see if anybody's acting suspiciously. Um, George comes along and she decides to hang out on the tennis courts. Bess comes along and she decides to hang out on the golf course. So... Bess, of course, gets to know several caddies in the most carnal of senses. Um, 
No mention is made of the fact that Bess is nursing a broken heart over a soap opera star because, again, I'm pretty sure that probably ghostwriters were working on these books simultaneously, so they had, like, the barest knowledge of what had happened in the previous book, and also it didn't matter. Nancy responds at the beginning of every book. Every Everything is wiped away. <laughs> so she begins afresh. Um, so, yes. Nancy goes around. She hangs around on the pool. Uh, the lifeguard is named Mike, and he seems very interested in everything that's going on. Joanna comes with Nancy, and she's telling everybody about the fact that her house was robbed. Everyone. She's telling the lifeguard. She's like, oh, my God. We had a party last night. We discovered that my house had been robbed. And he's like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And she's like, yeah. Um, so she tells him, and Joanna's like, oh, but my friend Nancy's working on the case. And Nancy's like, shh shut up. And Joanna's like, what? I mean, he's, he's good people. And Nancy's like, you don't know that. And Joanna's like, he's good. Oh, okay, fine. So then they go to the club area so that they can relax in the shade. And she's like, Zach, the bartender. Hey, this is my friend Nancy. She's trying to find a necklace. And Nancy's like, I'm just going to face palm for the entire rest of this book. So um, they don't really discover anything. Nancy goes to... um. Like, at one point, she decides to put on her swimsuit, swim in the pool for a little bit. I think this is probably the next day. Um, Because she told Joanna to stay home. Because Joanna was telling everybody that Nancy was investigating the case for her. So, Nancy decides to go for a swim. Um, She notices that the lifeguard's looking at her, but she doesn't know if it's because he thinks she's hot or because he's, like, interested in her as the person who is looking for Joanna's necklace. So... Uh, Nancy goes to the locker room. Um, she decides to take a shower to rinse off all the chlorine, and she finds that she has been locked in one of the shower stalls, and she hears this weird clanging in the pipes, and only the hot water will come on, and it won't turn off. So she's stuck in there, and she's like, I'm about to get scalded, and this woman comes in and manages to get her out of her shower stall. She's like, these showers are terrible. This keeps happening, and I'm like, um, that that's a lawsuit, hon. Y'all are real rich, and you can sue people. Her father's a lawyer. Um, yeah. Um, before that, Nancy actually noticed this girl with like frizzy red hair who had a beach bag, and whenever she saw Nancy, she like ran away and looked kind of guilty. And the woman who lets Nancy out of the shower stall goes over and picks up the bag, and she's like, "Oh, I thought I left my watch in here. I don't see it. I must have left it at home." And Nancy's like, "Huh, huh." Okay, so she's thinking that probably the frizzy redheaded girl who looks, of course, approximately Nancy's age might be involved because mm, if people are stealing shit, people are stealing shit. I did think about what an excellent crossover it would have been if it had been Connie, who has been shoplifting from lockers at Bedford High School from the first book of the series. But then I thought about the fact that Daryl Gray is serving his terrible, terrible long prison term on the moon. And that made me feel happy. Um, yes. So Nancy doesn't know who the girl is that she saw. She's like, but I feel like she's a good lead. She compares notes with Bess and George and Ned, and they haven't really discovered anything. Ned said, oh, I helped put together a weight machine. And I'm like, you're not, you're not on staff, honey. (laughs) Like, you're not on staff. Why, why would they, this sounds like this is just the dumbest place. Like, holy shit. Just mm, lawsuits waiting to happen everywhere. Everywhere. So, 
um, George connected with the tennis pro who she's like, he's pretty cute though. And again, no mention of John from two books ago where remember he came out to help her train for the, the road race that she was so super excited about uh, and she was doing all of her cycling and they were like, Oh, I think we're in love. And he's gone now. He is dead to us. (laughs) Now Bess has met a bunch of caddies and George has met a cute tennis pro. And you know what? Everything that happened before this is a blank slate. So that's cool. Um, they also discover that Max Fletcher, yes, Max Fletcher, and you're like, I wouldn't know if you fucking made it up and you are correct on that. Um, Max Fletcher is also at the club and he is playing tennis and Joanna's like, oh my God, did you hear about my necklace? And he's like, yeah, that sucks. You want to play some tennis? And she's like, no, I'm good. Um, yeah. So there's him. He has like, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter. He's a white dude and he looks pretty bored with everything. His family owns Fletcher Electronics and Nancy's like, that seems familiar. Anytime in these books, Nancy's like, that seems familiar or that's ringing a distant bell. That's because at the climax of the book, that's going to be important. You're like, I knew that already, but I'm just pointing it out. Okay. Um, They go have some pizza. It's fine. They look around. Um, They also found out that it seems like everybody at the damn club, because it's summer, of course, are like, oh, I just bought this Roman coin, or I just, there's a rare book that I've added to my collection, and I've hidden it in the perfect place, in plain sight. No one will think to look on my own shelves, and you're like, no, no one's listening to you right now, it's fine. Nancy goes to the Masseuse, I think that Joanna says, oh, no, 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 the woman who had her watch stolen um, is like, oh, I'm sure the Matthews will have something that she can use on your skin because, of course, Nancy is slightly burnt. Just a bit. Just a tiny bit. Just a little bit blistered. Um, So she goes in there, and I believe that her name is Rita, the Matthews, and she's like, oh, here's some cream for your burn, and and she's in there listening, and the person on the table is like, yes, we just bought this this rare Roman coin and it's like worth I don't know like a quarter of a million and the masseuse is like huh wow I don't know that I'd have that in my house that sounds like it would maybe be a thing that burglars would enjoy (laughs) and Nancy's like yeah this is real real bad um and that's the thing like it it definitely appears that somebody at the club is probably connected with all this because my god it's if Nancy wanted to steal shit, like all she'd have to do is just hang out in the clubhouse like one day and be like, okay, mm, I've got a bunch of houses I can rip off. Um, she finds out that the Winslows have some new acquisition and that they are closing the house and leaving town because of course they were like, Oh, I'm about to leave town and the house will be empty. And so Nancy gets Ned to, she's like, Ned, do you want to go on a stakeout? And he's like, do I? Because of course in my head, when they're having a stakeout, anytime stuff's not happening, they're making out. So it brings me joy. So they go up to the Winslow's house. They try to find a good vantage point. Nancy says she's going to circle the house and, and look around. And she tells Ned to wait out there. She hides under a tree for so long that her foot actually starts going to sleep. And then she notices that there's somebody sneaking around near the house. So she starts she like moves and the person startles and runs and she follows them and ends up on the edge of the river heights country club golf course um and then she's like huh hmm she tracks the person to the 
actually to the pool area, but all the doors are locked, so she can't get in, and the person pushes her into the pool and holds her underneath, which this did make me think. There's a book later on in the 40s that me and my friend could have sworn Ned picks up Nancy and tosses her into a pool, and it's, like, cute and playful and sexy, and, and they're having fun together, and I was like, and later I was like, this does not seem like fun to me. If somebody were to pick me up and throw me into a pool, I would not be into it. But anyway, I feel like this is probably where that came from because Nancy and Ned were on a date and then she got thrown into a pool. However, the person who threw her into the pool was not Ned and then tries to hold her under the water to drown her. So that's fun. So Nancy, of course, struggles to get free. Finally manages to, to get away from the person. And by the time she surfaces, the person's gone. Of course, of course. And then the night watchman comes up and is like, you dang kids sneaking onto the golf course and getting in the pool and blow. And she's like, yeah, I was, yep, um, sorry, I'm just a dumb kid who decided to sneak onto the golf course and have a midnight swim, teehee. Like, my friends dared me to. And, uh, yeah, he was like, in your clothes. And she was like, how else are they going to know I did it? And he's like, fair enough. And Nancy's like, yeah, this was really dumb, and I just, how about we don't mention it? And he was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to forget that this happened. And Nancy's like, okay, bye. <laughs> she does find out, though, that anybody who works for the club is allowed on the club premises after hours. So if they wanted to have, like, a little party or whatever, then they would be allowed to, and they have keys, so they can get on. And she was like, huh, good to know. So... When she goes back to Ned's car, because she's like, he's got to be frantic by now because I was almost drowned and and everything, and it's been really bad. She goes back to Ned's car, and she sees that he is pressed up against his car, and Detective Ryan is attempting to arrest him. And Nancy's like, what? He's patting him down. And I was like, if this were a different book, things would go differently at this point, but no. So Nancy's like, what the fuck? That's my boyfriend. And Detective Ryan's like, what? And Nancy's like, hey, look, we came here on a date. Uh, we noticed somebody near the house. I went off to find them, and I'm sure that Ned was here waiting for me, and you can just, you know, th- there's nothing going on. So Detective Ryan is like, do not stake out houses that you think are about to be robbed. And Nancy's like, how did you even come out here? And he was like, we got a call about a prowler. And Nancy's like, when did you get a call about a prowler? And he's like, 15 minutes ago. And Nancy's like, huh. So... Her surmise is that the person who attempted to drown her then called to get somebody to get away from the house. And she's like, yeah, they're, they're going to rob this place. And she keeps trying to tell Detective Ryan shit. Like, she's like, yeah, like the, the country club, like, you know, clearly there's somebody there is finding out about all this shit there. It's almost certain. And he's like, I know how to do my damn job, little girl. Just go home. So. So at this point, um, somebody has attempted to drown Nancy. And of course, that's like. Yeah, this is real, real bad. Um, I can't remember exactly at what point this happens, but I think I think that maybe she gets a threat in it or something. But anyway, she um, Nancy gets something that says, like, we know who you are. You need to stay away from this case or we'll come after your father, basically. She's like, does your, it's like, does your dad know what you're doing? Because like, you'll be responsible if we have to hurt him. And it's, it does say we, and Nancy's, Nancy immediately freaks out and calls her dad, who is packing to go on a trip because of course he is. And Nancy's like, that I've, I've been trying to find these thieves and, and they say that they are going to come after you. And he's like, uh, well, the good news is I'm about to leave town. <laughs> and Nancy's like, yeah, but, and he's like, look, just. I mean, it's going to be fine. Like, 
no big. They're, they're, nobody's going to come after me, which is super blase. Like, oh my God, y'all, I have not yet gotten to the books where people like legit try to burn their fucking house down. Like there was the one where they snuck into her, their garage and like were threatening Nancy and telling her I'm going to get on the car and, and a gun and everything. Like y'all, y'all. Okay. So Nancy's freaked out. She's afraid to tell Hannah about it because Hannah, of course, will freak out. So she's like, well, I guess I just won't mention it to Hannah. And I'm like, girl, you should fucking mention it to Hannah. Like, say, like, I'm on a case and there may be people prowling around the house. It's some shit. Something. But anyway, so um, I think, I can't remember the exact timing on this, but, like, Nancy's... Nancy's talking to Hannah and Hannah's like, yeah, your dad's not going to be back because he's got that thing and I've got a meeting at the library. So you're going to have leftovers. Nancy's like, I don't give a fuck. It's fine. Um, but she goes out with Ned and I think that they're like talking over the case or something. But when they get back to the house, the door is ajar and they go look around the house and see if there's anything missing or awry or anything. And nothing is. But Nancy notices that her father's bedroom door is shut. And she's like, he only shuts that door when he's changing clothes. And I'm like, of course. So she opens the door and she sees that one of her father's neckties has been fashioned into a noose and is hanging from the ceiling fan or from the, the light or whatever. And it has a note on it that says like, well, we missed him this time, but we'll be back. And Nancy's like, fucking hell. <laughs> and, and Ned sees it and he's like, what the fuck? So they look at it and, and Nancy's like, well, we got to take this down before Hannah gets back. And you're like, Ned's like, do you maybe want to call the police? And Nancy's like, they'll just tell me that I need to stay off the case. I mean, there's nothing missing or stolen. It's just kind of weird that they could get into the house this easily. And you're like, I see where this is going. And you are 100% correct. Okay, let's do a recap. So the lifeguard, the bartender, the masseuse, and all of those people are our suspects right now. <laughs> um, Nancy has basically eliminated the caddies on the golf course because she talks to Bess. And Bess tells her basically that all of them are alibied for the night before when she almost got drowned in the swimming pool. Um, just, they don't seem to be the type. The tennis pro, um, George went on a date with him or he, anyway, he's got an alibi. So Nancy's like, okay, so it's, it's probably one or all of these people. She's just not sure yet. Also, of course, the redheaded klepto who she still hasn't tracked down. So Nancy comes up with the stunning plan that she's going to have Bess, who has been spending her time on the golf course, um, come in, pose as a wealthy new addition to the country club. And she'll be talking about, of course, some sort of, some expensive bauble that she's got at home that somebody might be interested in stealing. IDK. Um, and also Nancy has discovered that the rare book that she had heard about that's been stolen, the Roman coin that's been stolen, like, and all the stuff that she's been hearing about, like, yeah, they, they're stealing all of it. So it just seems like a safe bet. Bess roars in in a red Jaguar, which this was my favorite. Like I actually laughed out loud when I read this. Um, she borrowed the red Jaguar from one of Ned's friends. One of Ned's friends has a red Jaguar. I don't know which one because it doesn't say, but I've got so many questions. Oh my God. Um, anyway, so Bess comes in, of course, she's wearing some really nice paste jewelry, which 
I like how Nancy's like, it was very nice, but it was Paige jewelry. So she's like, where should I put my jewelry? And most people are like, she asked somebody and they're like, most people don't wear expensive jewelry to the country club. I don't know. Just leave it in your locker. And Bess is like, ah, okay, I guess. Okay. Um, Nancy has discovered she goes one night. I can't remember exactly why she goes. I think that she's just trying to find out if all the stuff has been stolen. Oh, somebody had a fucking Picasso stolen. Okay. Whenever Joanna's walking around the club, like, oh my God, my necklace. And somebody's like, my Picasso. <laughs> and you're like, of course. People in River Heights just love their artistic treasures. Um, so Nancy's like, maybe they're hidden at the club. Like, it would make some sense if the ring is out of this club that maybe they've found a place here to stash the stuff. But I'm like, I don't know. I mean, for a Picasso, yeah, you're going to have to sit on that shit. But for, like, again, you need a really good fence in place. But she's not thinking about all this shit. Um, She's like, I just want to see if there's a place for me to stash stuff. So she looks around, and um, somebody follows her into the club. They push, you remember that piece of weight equipment that Ned helped put together? Yeah. They come over and actually like try to tip that over onto Nancy, which I'm like, that sounds incredibly tedious and like easy to avoid. I'm just saying like if somebody came up to next to me and they were like, it's going to take me five minutes to knock this thing over. Can you just not move? I would be like, I'm going to move though. Just, just going to move out of your way. Um, anyway, so the thing crashes down like five inches away from Nancy's nose and she's like, son of a bitch. And so they run and she's like, ah, um, but in the, and while that's going on, she notices that there's like a small door that she had not noticed before. So she opens that up and it goes into a storage closet, which she's like, there's a storage closet on the other side of the Huh. So she moves aside like some spare light bulbs or whatever the fuck, and she sees this like long tunnel-ish passageway-ish thing. And when she gets to the other end of it, it opens up onto the back of the lockers. Nancy had been curious because she was like, how is stuff getting out of lockers? Because it would make a lot of sense if, oh, it's because somebody got into our house and she was like, how did somebody get into my house without, like, they didn't break the locks or anything. And then she remembered that she had left her bag in a locker in the locker room. So somebody could have gone to the locker room, taken her key out of her bag and made a copy of it. And she's like, huh. So it makes some sense, though, if the back of this storage closet goes to the back of the lockers, like it's she can actually just like open the back of any locker, reach in and go through whatever shit is in there. So it doesn't even matter. She was like, but I kept my Kiyami. It doesn't matter because the back, of course, is not locked. So it's fine, which again, they were like, yeah, these the weird thing about the showers, too, whenever Nancy's like, yeah, I almost got roasted to death. Like um, the masseuse is like. Yeah, that's been happening. And I think the woman who helps Nancy out is like, some weird stuff's been happening. I mean, you're, you're not wrong about that. They they just don't seem to be doing really well. And you're like, she's like, and it was a recent renovation. And you're like, okay, I, I've got questions about whoever owns the damn club. Like, you've got a malfunctioning shower that could legit kill somebody. Like, you know, I... um. You've got a secret thing that goes to the back of the lockers. Like, I was kind of shocked that Nancy didn't also find, like, some a people so that people could watch people changing in that locker room. Because, like, I've got some additional follow-up questions, and they involve, are there cameras? But anyway, so 
So Nancy finds that and she's like, oh, okay. So if anybody comes to the club, all they have to do is find out which locker they have, go to the back of the locker. They can take out their keys and just make, make a key. She thinks about it and she's like, they wouldn't have had enough time for them to actually like take the key off the premises before I came back. So they probably have some key making equipment and she finds some, she finds a key making machine. But it's in the boiler room so that nobody would actually hear the mechanism. And I'm like, are there pocket-sized key duplicates? Sure, sure, it's fine. No no big, no big. It's like they took that thing from Lowe's but added Zoltar to it. So, um, so now she knows, like, whoever has been involved, it seems like they're definitely working out of the club. Um, when Bess goes, she's like, yes, I've got this thing. And she also... Um, so she notices that people are watching Bess. Um, Bess isn't under enough of a disguise that people don't know that it's her, but it's she's not under much of one. Also, it's fucking River Heights, y'all. Like, I, I completely don't understand because Nancy's like, oh, I'm undercover. Nancy's not undercover in River Heights. Like, it seems like they try to put Nancy's undercover in River Heights a lot, which is adorable because she's in, like, every newspaper story. It's like... Nancy Drew solves the case again. So anyway, and again, because Bess hangs out with her so much, like it's, um, this is why the idea of them having secret identities is so completely wonderful to me. Like, just imagine, put a pair of glasses on Nancy and people are like, who is that new girl? (laughs) I need this in my life. So, um, yeah, Bess is there. Bess is trying to spread around. Yeah, I've got blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so that seems to be working pretty well. Nancy's trying to figure out who's interested in what she's doing and everything. Um, but what happens is everybody's really excited about the 4th of July celebration that's going to be happening the next day. So everybody's at the club. Everybody's There's going to be a fireworks display. It's going to be incredible. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. So they go for that, and everybody's telling Bess about it. They're like, oh, my God, the you have to be there for the fireworks display. And Bess is like, yeah. Yeah. So um, Nancy sees the redhead who she had seen also previously who like split out of there before Nancy could do anything about it. And she's the redhead's like, I just wanted to tell you I'm really sorry. And I've never done anything like that again. And I've I put it back in her bag. And, and Nancy's like, I don't believe you. So she actually gets, I think she gets like Ned and George to stick with her because she's trying to, to gather up everybody who's involved in this. And she's not sure if the redhead is the redhead Eclipto who was like, what are you talking about? That That's the only time I've ever done anything like that. And Nancy's like, sure, sure, honey. She's pretty sure that um, all three of the people, she's like, I, I think that all three of them could possibly be involved in this. The ones who don't have alibis, who have been really deeply interested in what everybody is saying. So um, she goes to the clubhouse and um, the bartender's like, hey, there's a call for you. And Nancy's like, there's a that's weird. And he's like, come to the desk with me. And you're like, yeah, you're one of them. So he gets Nancy to go back there. And the Masseuse is on the phone. And she's like, we know who you are. And Nancy's like, hi, Masseuse person. And she's like, yeah, you just couldn't mind your own business. And, and Nancy's like, yeah, no, not not known for that. So of course, the bartender brings out a gun with a silencer on it. And Nancy's like, this room is so loud. Nobody would even hear me getting shot, which I'm going to call bullshit on. Like, 
There are other instances in the Nancy Drew books where silencers seem to be a lot more effective than they are in real life. So sure, we're going to just suspend disbelief for that. But And maybe it is just super loud in there. But anyway, they march Nancy out of there um, to the masseuse's room. And let me think. Because it is, yeah, there's three people involved. And it's the bartender, it's the masseuse, and it's the third person who I don't know if Nancy's met yet. I don't know. Maybe. It doesn't matter. It's Max. Of course it's Max. It's the guy whose family owns the electronics company. You were like, of course that was going to come back and bite us in the ass. His family installs home alarm systems and car alarm systems and safes. So Nancy's like, of course, that's that's why. So he can go install a home security system on a house and he'd be able to disable it because his family sells the shit. And if it's a competitor's, it's probably close enough to his that he can still figure out how to disable it. So that's awesome. So um, they're talking to her and they're like, yeah, we've got to, you know, everything was going great, but now we've got to get rid of you. And Nancy's like, why did you do it? And he's like, because I was bored. Like, why not? I heard people talking about all this cool shit they had and I was like, psh why not? And you're like, that tracks, that actually tracks with everything. He's the only person who actually volunteers any sort of, um, motive for this. The masseuse and the bartender do not, um, the lifeguard was not involved. Um, but yeah, Nancy doesn't ask them and they just seem to be completely into it. It's like, yeah, he asked us to be part of this and we are, and you are threatening that. So we're going to have to get rid of you. And Nancy's like, what if I just tell you that I forget that we ever had this conversation? They're like, no, we're not doing that. So the masseuse, of course, grabs Nancy and gives her a Vulcan neck pinch. And Nancy's like, damn, I've got to learn how to do that. <laughs> Which I love. Anyway, um, Nancy comes to and she's been bound and gagged and is in the, remember that little storage hallway? Yeah, she's in the fucking storage hallway. Takes her a while to figure it out though. Also, um, she notices that the activity in the club is quieter. The thing is that they don't seem to have, they don't really identify a reason to Nancy while they're not killing her. Side note, they should have killed her. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense that they'd be like, well, we have to wait until the party has like, because she's like, they just didn't want to get rid of my body. And I'm like, girl, the, they can kill, like, it. it's a lot riskier to leave you alive because then you can get loose. Anyway, so she, of course, manages to get herself untied. She um, gets her hands in front of her so she can untie her feet. She looks around. She figures out where she is. Of course, she's locked in. So she goes back to the lockers and is trying to find anything, anything at all that she can use to get out of there. She's like a credit card or a belt buckle or something, like something so that she can pick a lock or something. Because, of course, Nancy has fucking lockpicks. Um, yeah. And when she's going through the lockers trying to find something, um, the somebody opens the locker. And so she starts screaming. The person grabs her hand and is like, what are you doing? And it's, of course, the damn detective who he never explains, actually, why he was looking through a fucking locker. But anyway, so he grabs Nancy and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, you're hurting my hand. Like, and then she explains to him where he, where she is and he manages to get her out of there. So Nancy's like, the, it's the masseuse and it's, 
it's the bartender and, and they're, they're going to get away with him, blah, blah. So they go out. But of course, of course, the party is huge and it's about to be the fireworks display. So it's dark outside and Nancy sees her friends and they're excited that she's uh, okay and everything. But she's like, we've got to find him. We've got to find him and get, get all the stuff back. Um, so of course, when she runs out onto the golf course, she sees... I think that there's at least two of them that are together. The bartender was separate at this point. So the detective starts pursuing the bartender. Yeah. And Nancy sees Max and the masseuse standing together. And he, of course, they still have the gun. Nancy gets close enough and they're not moving. And Nancy's like, that, why aren't they running away from me? And then she realizes that because the fireworks display is about to start, all they have to do is wait for the fireworks to go off and start popping. And then they'll just kill her then. Like it's, it's foolproof. It's perfect. So she manages to get close enough so that whenever the first firework goes off, I think she tackles them and knocks the gun out of his hand. But of course, the detective is not anywhere near her, so she can't do anything about it. So the other guy picks up the gun and starts marching her back toward the club and is like, you're coming with me. Um, and everybody's watching the fireworks display whenever they hear somebody else shouting and they're back near the pool and somebody's like, oh my God, this guy went into the pool with all of his clothes on or whatever. So Nancy manages to get the two dipshits that are with her close enough to the pool that she shoves them into the pool. Uh, the detective is already in the pool. The cops are there, so they arrest everybody. So, good job all around. Good job. Um, The masseuse had all the shit at her apartment. So it got recovered. So, hooray. Okay. At the end of the book, like, Joanna's got the necklace back, and she's like, I'm so glad that I got it back, and, and you're my best friend. And Acey's like, yeah, the country club is just... Don't feel like it's a good place for me right now. Just a lot of bad memories. Just a lot of bad things happening. Um, yeah, but, you know, George has a crush on the tennis guy, so I guess everything worked out okay. <sighs> a few things about this damn book. So when I walked into this, I was like, yes, it's going to be fine. And she's, no, like, honestly, you you're not, Joanna's supposed to have a great sense of humor. She's not, she's presented as being a total dit to, I'm not saying that she invited theft, but she didn't not invite theft. Um, yeah. Also, like, I feel for the bartender and the masseuse who probably, like, don't make a lot of money at this terrible country club that is in terrible disrepair. And also, they're probably, like, spying on their guests in the dressing rooms. Like, got a lot of questions. Like, poor Nancy, like, runs out of the shower naked. Like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, anyway. So there's that. There's also like Joanna's family undoubtedly has that shit insured. Like all these people they're ripping off undoubtedly have this shit insured. So it's not like they're stealing stuff from people who were like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like Joanna's just upset that her parents are going to be mad at her for just telling everybody about her shit and the stuff being stolen under her watch, which again, like... They can disable alarm systems. They could have gotten the key to her house from her locker. Like, uh, anyway, anyway. So I 
you know, on the one hand, it was nice that Nancy was putting stuff together in this one a lot better than she was in the previous one. Um, that she definitely seemed to be doing more stuff. And you know that I am an absolute lover of a secret tunnel of any sort where she's like having to sneak through stuff and she's like, a secret passageway. I'm like, fuck yes. Yes to all this. Also, best getting to role play. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I would have been way more interested in why the masseuse was involved in this and why the bartender was involved in this. Like, the poor little spoiled rich boy who was like, there were just no challenges in my life. And so I felt that I needed to rob houses. Like, mm, do I love this cover? Hell yes. Do I love the fact that Nancy and Ned could definitely have gotten it on at several points during this book? You know me. You know the shit that I'm here for. But I don't know. I don't know. Would have been really a lot more interesting if the people that have been impacted by this had been different people, but it's the fucking country club. Like, it's just not going to be. Also, it's weird that, like, Nancy's investigating crimes for people who are, like, above her class wise. So there's that, but it's mostly that she's solving for Joanna. Also, at the end of it, um, she is talking to the detective who is like, yeah, we recovered everything, um, the painting, Joanna's necklace, blah, blah. And he's like, I was kicking myself for not listening to you earlier because, like, they did come out to the country club and look around and they just were like, ah, we're not seeing anything here. And there wasn't anything there to see. It was just like you had to go there and find out about the culture there and everything. So Nancy, of course, is out copping the cops and Detective Ryan's like, well, you know, if ever anything comes up again, like, I'd be happy to work with you. And it's not in a flirty way, thank God, because please understand that there are future cases that Nancy works on where the cops are like, we should work together sometime. Also, I am borderline inappropriate behavior because you are barely 18 and I am clearly someone who is older than you. So just burn in hell, McDevlin. Fuck goblin. Anyway, so there's that. Next week, we are going to be looking at Sisters in Crime, which I really enjoy. I don't think that Ned is actually in this one other than maybe a phone call, but yeah, because there's a thing that relates back to Ned in this book, in the next book that she's going to have to talk to him about, I'm pretty sure, but, or something she knows because of him, because of her association with him. But anyway, in the next book, um, Nancy goes to investigate a murder that may be linked to a sorority, which... Anytime Nancy ever goes to college in any of these books, I'm like, cheating scandal. Always cheating scandal. Always cheating scandal. Maybe that's because my favorite book in this entire series is Nancy investigating cheating at Emerson. But anyway, so next time, Sisters in Crime. So perfect. That should have been the real name of this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.